What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, recording this on Thursday evening of day one of free agency. So we got a lot to talk about. But first, let me let you know how you can get in touch with the show and with the blog. So Grizzly Bear Blues Live is the flagship podcast for the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. And that can be found wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. And there, you'll get every single episode of GBB Live, the 3 and D podcast, the Starting 5 podcast, and old episodes of the Longview podcast and the Core 4 podcast. So make sure you're checking those out anywhere you get your podcast. And Grizzly Bear Blues is a Grizzlies blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com, or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Once again, I'm your host, Parker Fleming, recording solo this week. Um, before we really kind of dive into everything that kind of transpired today, I do want to give a special thank you to those who uh, participated and joined the first GBB live event benefiting the Allies Allies St. Jude fundraiser team. And for also to those that donated, even though they could not attend, collectively, we raised over $4,100. And that's just awesome stuff. And it means the world to me. It means the world to my fiance, Allie. And, you know, I really hope that we could start doing more of these events. Uh, I've, I've gotten some great feedback, gotten some great ideas, and I will definitely be sharing those uh, as, as we get closer to some of these ideas. But Let's dive into free agency. Uh, let's get into some more obvious stuff, stuff that we won't spend a lot of time about. So Kyle Anderson is no longer a Memphis Grizzly. Uh, he is now going to the Minnesota Timberwolves on a two-year, $18 million deal. Uh, solid, solid deal for Minnesota. Uh, they needed some versatile forwards next to Carl Anthony Towns. He would be a nice um, secondary playmaker. For that team, complimenting Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell in that department. Uh, the writing on the was on the wall for Anderson to leave Memphis anyways, uh, especially with the draft picks of Jake LaRavia and David Roddy. But also, too, they have more developmental forwards in guys like Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, uh, Killian Tilly, uh, though any of those guys, more likely Tilly or Tillman, uh, may not be on the opening night roster this season. In addition, Brandon Clark has also kind of passed him in that forward big hierarchy. Uh, Anderson's minutes started to dwindle a little bit. The The shot kind of went away. It was going to be kind of expected for the Grizzlies to move on and for also Anderson to move on as well in free agency. And it was done pretty quickly. So uh, best of luck to Slow-Mo. He was a, a great vet, great two-way player. Um, really just a, a funky player to watch. I'm going to miss watching him on a game-by-game basis. And on better notes, though, uh, Tyus Jones re-signing for a two-year, $30 million deal. So no worries about the backup point guard situation anymore. The Grizzlies are now bringing back the best backup point guard in the game. Uh, there, There's no word yet on what his salary number is looking like uh, year by year with it being a two-year, $30 million deal. So there's no word on if it's a descending contract 
or if it's going to be a flat 15. But with this two-year um, two-year deal, it's going to allow Tyus Jones to uh, hit the market one more time before he turns 30 years old. In addition, it, I mean, the one of the big winners in this is Kenny Chandler. I mean, he is now going to get to have the guidance of John Morant and Tyus Jones uh, as he's easing into his NBA career. Obviously, he can get some developmental reps in South Haven, getting used to just kind of running an NBA system, uh, refining his game, getting acclimated to the um, three-point NBA three-point line. But, I mean, for for the Grizzlies, just getting Tyus Jones is huge. Um, last season, the Grizzlies were 21-6 and six with him as the starting point guard, and he averaged roughly 13 points and seven assists in those games without John Barant. And just having a backup point guard like Tyus Jones is so important, especially for a guy like John Morant. Um, so obviously with last year, Morant only played, or he missed about 30 games. So how the Grizzlies manage his minutes and his load management going forward is fascinating. Because while he is young, they, they're going to be observant and I want to say cautious because, I mean, you can't really – you don't want to put your star player in bubble wrap or anything, but they're going to be mindful of, you know, his knee, his lower body, especially as he's had these injuries over the course of his career. And as I'm recording this, John Morant has signed his max extension with the Memphis Grizzlies, five years, $193 million. That could be worth – $231 million if he reaches an All-NBA team next season. Well-deserved payday for Big 12. The Memphis Grizzlies have locked in their superstar point guard. So that's really cool. So yeah, all that talk about load management and stuff. I'm just going to skip that because the Grizzlies locked up their superstar point guard. And they also got their backup point guard who has shown that he could Man the ship and be the ultimate next man up. So, great day for the Memphis Grizzlies point guard rotation. Let's uh, move on to some more complex, polarizing dilemmas. First, uh, I won't touch much on the Kevin Durant stuff because um, it's wild. I mean, for one, I didn't know that there were this many people that were cool with not wanting Kevin Durant Somebody who averaged 30 points per game last year. He was arguably a top five player last year. And he's like a top 15 player all time. Like, what are we doing here? The idea of pairing John Morant and Kevin Durant together, like, you're instant title. They're already title contenders, but this would make them almost a title favorite. I mean,. I just don't know what we're doing about that. Obviously, there's a little bit, you know, people don't want to give up their players. And I totally understand that. I mean, we, especially after watching this Memphis Grizzlies team go off to win 56 games last year as the second youngest team in the NBA, they took the eventual champions to six games, even though they weren't really fully healthy for that that entire series. I mean, John Morant missed the last three games in the series. Steven Adams 
missed the first really three games of the series as well, battling, uh, returning and battling COVID. Uh, obviously, they didn't have Dylan Brooks for games two and three because of the flagrant two ejection and then the suspension in game three. Obviously, it's a, you know, a what if, but, you know, I, I see why there's that hesitance to give up a player, but I mean, it's Kevin Durant. It is Kevin Durant, and you got to give up good players to get an awesome one. What a crazy concept. So, obviously, I'll dive more into this in a post because it is really layered, and I did want to make this a just a quick reaction post, especially as we are in the 4th of July weekend. You know, I don't want to drop an hour-long podcast during that, but, yeah, it's going to take good players to give up Kevin Durant. It's going to take up a lot of picks. I would say it would take one of Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain, even though Bleacher Reports Jake Fisher said that it would likely take both Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. And don't worry, Grizzly fans. Uh, Zach Kleiman probably won't do that. He probably won't give up both of those guys. And, you know, I, I don't really blame him because, you know, you're as awesome as John Morant, Kevin Durant, and a bunch of role players are. If one of those goes down, it's kind of like the Brooklyn Nets situation that we saw the past couple seasons when one of Kyrie or KD would go down. They eventually just come up, become a playoff team. Granted, there's a lot of layers, different team systems, different coaching, uh, different kinds of role players around them. But I get that. But I would probably say an offer would include one of Jaron or one of uh, it would include one of Jaron and Payne, probably two of. Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, Zaire Williams. And then you might see one of another young player thrown in there. I doubt it. Um, I, I think the rest would be covered by draft capital. So I would say it may take as much as it gets. It may be like four picks, four pick swaps. It might be five and four. Who knows? I, I don't I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen a trade like this. I mean, I think the closest thing we'll have to a Kevin Durant trade package is going to be similar to the Anthony Davis one that saw Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and a boatload of picks on the way out. So who knows? But it more points to the fact of not necessarily getting Kevin Durant. It's the fact that the Grizzlies are in a realistic position to get Kevin Durant. Uh, They're lingering around the top four in odds to uh, acquire uh, Kevin Durant by uh, several sports books. And, I mean, there's there's good reason to think that. They have a superstar that people want to play with in John Morant. They have the assets to pull off such a trade at, with some of the assets that I just mentioned. They don't owe any first-round picks. They have a surplus of them with the Warriors' 2024 pick being relinquished they have a lot of good young players on cost control deals they have a they have an appeasing trade package and for the first time in franchise history they have the assets and really and also too just they have the realism in it I mean people want to play with John Moran people want to win it Memphis makes sense as a place where people you know if a disgruntled star says hey I want to leave and here are my list of teams it makes sense for somebody to put Memphis. So, and it wouldn't surprise me with Kevin Durant. I mean, the reason why we're talking about it is because you know the sports books mention it. They have the assets. You have John Morant tweeting easy money. 
who knows? Who knows? Says who, right? But uh, let's move on to something that hits a little deeper, hits the heart a lot more. And that's uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury news uh, within moments of free agency starting. Adrian Wojnarowski reported and Grizzlies PR reported that Jaron Jackson Jr. will be sidelined for four to six months with a stress fracture in his foot. That sucks. That really sucks. Um, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr., it really holds down that defense so much. He's one of the most important players on the team. He's probably the most important player on the team behind John Morant. Um, he was a catalyst for that defense uh, surging last season. I mean, just the way that he could defend all across the floor. I mean, when he's defending at the four, he just kind of is like in this free safety mode where he can, you know, linger on the perimeter. He can guard a perimeter four. He can switch and he can recover for weak side blocks. He, he's just such an awesome defender. There's a reason why he was a first team all defense guy. But also, too, he can also play the five. Um, he's a devastating closing five, uh, which is how at that point you have all five guys that can switch on the floor. Or really, it's kind of like, like two through five can switch. And he he's just a very transformative player for this team. And losing him's a blow. And I, I think people were overreacting to an extent with the combination of that news plus D'Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson going. You cannot convince me that this team is going to just suck, I guess, or that this is just an absolute like DEFCON 1 scenario. We've we've seen the Grizzlies navigate through the next man up mentality and I want to give credit to GBB's Locked On Grizzlies dear friend Sean Coleman for pointing out that last year on Black Friday, the Grizzlies were 9-10 and 10 and had just lost Ja. And after that, they went 47-16, and 16, which is really just showing like there might be a slow start, but they've shown a switch that they can just turn, they, they can turn on and catch fire and right the ship. And then the next thing you know, they're a top four seed in the Western Conference. It's entirely possible that even with the slow start, they can resurge back without Jaron Jackson Jr. But it's going to be a challenge. There's no one on this team that can replicate what he does. It's going to have to be by committee. Uh, obviously, last season you didn't get a whole lot of Dylan Brooks. So his offensive production will be pivotal. Um, also, one one thing too I want to add is in, in the 2020-2021 season, the Memphis Grizzlies went 38-34 and with Jaron Jackson Jr. playing 11 games, and he was not remotely the same player he was this past season in those 11 games in 2020 and 2021. And in that 38-34 year, the Grizzlies had pre-leap John Morant, rookie Desmond Bain. They were starting Grayson Allen and Jonas Valanciunas, and... They still, and also too, Brandon Clark wasn't nearly as good either. He was battling injury, and they tried to make him more of a perimeter player, and it didn't work. And they still went 38 and 34 while also boasting a top 10 defense. They've shown they can weather the storm. And obviously, 
different team dynamics, whatever. They've shown that it's that it's possible for them to weather the storm, not just through Jaren, uh, Jaren Jackson Jr.'s injury, but also John Morant's injury last season. They can do it. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge. The Western Conference has a, is a bloodbath as always, but they're going to they're going to weather the storm. They've shown that way too many times that they can do that and embody that next man up mentality. Obviously, with Jaron Jackson Jr., it's it's going to be a tricky situation because he's a a young big man that's seven feet tall, battling a stress fracture. It's not going to be for, I I I'm no medical expert, but I'm leaning that it's going to be more six months instead of four months. Four months would put him back around the start of the regular season, and six months would have him back around Christmas. Wow, if the Grizzlies had a Christmas Day game, what a Christmas present that would be. Getting Jaron Jackson Jr. back, that would be fantastic. But so it's it's going to take a lot, and you know it's going to be a lot by committee. Uh, obviously, we're going to probably spend a lot of the offseason kind of making different arguments and figuring out what should the Memphis Grizzlies do with their opening day starting lineup since Jaron Jackson Jr. is not in the fold. Obviously, if you're trying to go by best player. Uh, or next best player would be Brandon Clark. And with Brandon Clark, I know people will say, oh, he didn't, he's not that good as a starter. I mean, sure, they, they might keep him off the bench. Um, I, I don't buy a whole lot of the starter stuff. I mean, if you want to use some of the stuff from last season, I mean, yeah, he, he was okay. He had pretty solid counting stats, but a lot of those games were without John Morant. So... There's that, and then in his rookie season, those counting stats also don't look good. But he also got injured in two of those game, two of those four games. So again, tossing that out. But with Brandon Clark and uh, in that starting lineup fit, um, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, I, I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now, and Memphis Grizzlies. Um, outscored their opponents by 9.3 points per 100 possessions when John Morant, or, yeah, John Morant, Brandon Clark, and Stephen Adams were on the floor together. Now let's expand it out to Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks. And the Memphis, no, there's no lineup data with that. With just Desmond Bain then, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark. And it's about neutral, plus 1.3 points per 100 possessions. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Brandon Clark, that, that could be a, a definite way for him to really show his worth, especially with a possible extension coming his way this offseason. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies could also just, I mean, Taylor Jenkins has shown that he will play his rookies. And if they want to go with Brandon Clark off the bench and keep that firepower off the bench, he might start Jake LaRavia, which sounds wild. But, I mean, he projects more as a four. He's a good shooter. He's a good team defender. Taylor Jenkins plays his start. Uh, he gives his sh- shots to rookies. Who knows? Jake LaRavia may be an opening night starter, and that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't put it all the way up there. But now let's get funky. This is what I w- would love to see. Hear me out. Starting lineup, opening night. John Morant, Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Adams. So that Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, and Dylan Brooks. Kind of positionless, but 
Dylan Brooks has shown that he can guard up a little bit. I mean, he showed that with Carl Anthony Towns. He has a physicality for it. Um, obviously, you would it might be shifting away Dylan Brooks away from you know your Steph Curry's or your Luka Doncic's of the world, but also too, uh, you could put Zaire Williams on them, and it throws Zaire Williams into the fire like what everyone wants to see, and. It gives them a little bit of a funky four-round one kind of thing, so it gives you that floor spacing that you kind of want in a lineup that has John Morant and Steven Adams. Um, who knows? That That's a pretty funky way to go, but obviously we have all offseason to kind of dive into how they can navigate the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury. It's a huge blow, but uh, I, don't, I don't doubt, one, the Memphis Grizzlies – weathering the storm with the next man up mentality. And I do not doubt Jaron Jackson Jr. making a strong, full recovery and making an impact in the 2022-2023 season uh, as the Memphis Grizzlies really start their, or are in the beginning of their journey as title contenders. So um, just to wrap up the show here, uh, thank you for tuning in uh, for this reaction podcast. What's left to watch in free agency uh, for one I would watch for them opening up a roster spot with either Danny Green or with Killian Tilly uh, Killian Tilly is obviously easy to wave they have a lot of guys at his positional archetype with Brandon Clark Jake LaRavia David Roddy Xavier Tillman Santi Aldama uh, he's just an easy cut at this point I, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they cut him and bring in somebody on the mid-level exception um, same goes for Danny Green. Uh, I could foresee a trade. I think a trade would be pretty favorable. Um, how about like Danny Green in a future second round pick, maybe two, two second round picks for Joe. Joe's going to love me for saying this, but Danny Green and two second round picks to Oklahoma City Thunder for Kendrick Williams. It gives, um, it gets the Oklahoma City Thunder closer to their salary floor. And it gets the Memphis Grizzlies a quality backup two guard to kind of replace Melton. And he also has the size to play the three, maybe a little small ball four. He's kind of that glue guy off the bench. Why not? Why not? Um, that That's kind of a guy that you may want in your playoff rotation. Uh, I, would, I don't know what free agency is going to look like for the Memphis Grizzlies because they have shown that... Um, they kind of go more by trades and draft picks rather than free agency. They have not made a free agency acquisition since Tyus Jones in 2019, but that doesn't stop me from liking players that are still out there on the market available. So obviously uh, one that's emerged as a favorite for me is Dante DiVincenzo, just a really good dribble pass and shoot guard. Uh, I already I like how he's a young guard that's already impacted uh, winning on contending teams. I know last season was kind of a disaster for him, especially with uh, the recovering from the ankle injury. But in his last healthy season in Milwaukee, he averaged 10.4 points, six rebounds, three assists, and a steal while also shooting 38% from three on 5.2 attempts per game. That would be an awesome lift off the bench for the Grizzlies. That is ideally your D'Anthony Melton replacement. That would be a good acquisition there. 
continuing on. Otto Porter would be great. He would kind of fill in that starting four spot uh, for Jaron Jackson Jr. He may not be able to replicate the defense, but he would be a strong rebounder and a great outside shooter. I'm just looking for my free agency big board. I tweeted out this morning, Isaiah Hartenstein and Lonnie Walker, Gary Harris, Joe Ingles, Mo Bamba are all off the board. Um, Gary Payton the second. I know the him and it was reported that him and the Warriors are kind of far apart on negotiations. Maybe try to swoop him up. Again, another D'Anthony Melton replacement. Um, I know people would kinda it would be kind of ironic, especially with everything that went down in that in the playoff series, especially with him and Dylan Brooks. But also at the same time, Gary Payton and Dylan Brooks on the uh on the perimeter just giving absolute hell to the other team's opposing wings. Like, sign me up. That'd be pretty sick. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, the thing is we, you know, as Zach Kleiman said after the draft and the press conference introducing the rookies, they work in the dark. So who knows what they do, but Grizz Nation, like people were flipping out within, they weren't doing anything in three hours. You don't make your entire off season in three hours. So I, I don't doubt that I doubt they're finished. I doubt they're finished. I think they'll make more moves. Just kind of a wait and see. Like just I know it's very stressful. You know, you're seeing all these all these moves being made and your second best player is out for four to six months. You you want to see something. I totally get it. But at the same time, I mean it's not like we were expecting them to just kind of blow everything up. I mean, they won 56 games last year. This They're the second youngest team in the NBA. Uh, they let go of players that we all expected them to let go of. I mean, DeAnthony Melton was in and out of the rotation in the playoffs, and most of us were not expecting Kyle Anderson back. That's what we got. No outrage needed. I know the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing might kind of change things, and there's still time for things to change because free agency just started. The their opening or training camp doesn't start till late September. It's fine. It's going to be fine. But uh, obviously, so far, uh, good sign so far. Securing John Morant on a, his max extension, re-signing Tyus Jones um, to be the steady backup point guard. Really, all that I would like to see left in this offseason is just go get a backup two guard. Go get or fill up. Just find somebody who can. Play the two, handle the ball a little bit, maybe play some three, who knows. That's all I really want. And then just go wait for Jaron Jackson Jr. to be healthy. Just stay afloat and be ready to surge once the calendar year flips for 2023. We're not going to tank. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So that's all I have. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys their 4th of July weekend. Uh, stay, Stay in the loop with... Uh, Grizzly Bear Blues as we break down all the offseason moves. We break down summer league play that starts next week. How crazy is that? We're going to have GBB's uh, Bryson Wright more than likely covering for us down there in Las Vegas. That would be a pretty awesome opportunity for him. Uh, but make sure you are following us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Check out all of our work over at grizzlybearblues.com and check out the podcast network wherever you get your podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast, so you don't miss a single episode of GBB Live, Starting Five Podcast, and the 3ND Podcast. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's GBB next gen. You hear me?